Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. Well, today I'm going to try to complete the message that I started a long time ago, Foundations of Truth, and I want to I finish up with the Tower of Babel there, I could keep going with this, but I really sensed that this was my end point. And I would have finished last Sunday, except God changed the message, so that's all right. That's all right. I'd rather let him be in charge than me. Right. I'm just trying to listen. But I believe that you will get something out of this message today, even if you haven't been with us throughout the whole series. Uh, I'm not even exactly sure how many different messages are going to be a part of this series, but it's like 10 or 12. It's quite a few. Uh, so we began at the beginning in the book of Genesis. We're in chapters 10 and 11 today. If you brought your sword with you, you can certainly turn there, but I will also probably have it behind me so that you can see the scriptures as I read them. So let's begin today. Through the, the Foundations series, we have been studying the importance of the Bible and how it describes the beginning, and I hope you know this, and the end of this planet. You know, the Bible tells us where we came from and where we're going to be at the end. We know where man came from, we know how he was formed, and we know who formed him, who formed us. God. All you have to do is look up, look out. We've learned that everything that we have is a direct result of a very loving, all-powerful God. That's just the kind of God we serve. He's not limited by anything except unbelief. Amen? However, as we move closer to the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the world seems to be looking for ways to not have to be responsible for their sins. In fact, many of them claim there's no such thing as sin, sins. What is a sin? Turning away from God. It's going the wrong direction. It's doing the things that God opposes. That's what sin is. Not only are they trying not to be accountable for their sins, but also they're trying to paint the Bible as a book, a myth, if you will, that has no real basis other than it's a nice book to read. Well, I'm here to tell you today that that's not the truth. Who should we believe? God or godless men? I choose God. Now, at the end of today's message, I'm going to give you that opportunity. I like telling people what's coming down the road. At the end of today's message, I'm going to give you another opportunity to choose God or choose man's version. Hopefully you'll choose God. Because I believe our time is limited here on this planet. There is coming a day when Jesus is going to come back for his church and he's going to take us to be with him forever. Where there is no pain, no cancer, no heart disease, none of the other junk that we all have to face. It's going to be awesome. But until he gets here, we're supposed to be faithful. 
We're supposed to tell people the truth in love. Just because ignorant men say so doesn't change the fact that the Bible is God's truth. Hallelujah. I love what the psalmist said, Psalm 130, verse 5. I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. It's the only place that we can really go to that we can trust. It really is. Brother Gene, I can tell you things, and they may be truth or they may not be, but God can't lie. So whatever is in the Bible is truth. But I could lie to you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't on purpose, but I could, right? So when I say something to you, you have to confirm that it's truth by doing what? Making sure it's in the Scriptures, right? Amen. you got it sitting right in your lap. He does that, too. He's down there writing little notes. Is this true, what Pastor Norm said? No, he's not. <laughs> he probably already knows where they're at. When I woke up this morning, I didn't feel good. I love days like this. And the Lord said, get out of bed. I'll give you what you need today. We've already been seeing you move here. But before I go any farther, I want to pray again. Father, I thank you for your love that you sent Jesus to pay for our sins, to give us everlasting life through his shed blood. Lord, today as I share from Genesis chapters 10 and 11, I pray that you would just cement this message into our hearts. These foundational truths, Lord, that it would build the faith of this people so that they would be able to share the good news of the gospel without reservation, without going, gee, I don't know if this is true or not. Lord, help us to believe. We know Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and without faith it is impossible to please God because we must believe that He exists. And Lord, I pray that every person in this room before we leave today would have an opportunity to get to know You just a little bit better. And if there are any in this room that haven't made that commitment to You, let this be the day, Lord. Holy Spirit, begin to move now in Jesus' name we pray. And touch this man, I pray. Amen. Amen. Speaking of the Bible, and when I saw this, I laughed. Recently, Fox News had this on their internet site. The Bible is the most translated book in the world, but the latest translation is an attempt to appeal to the millennial faithful. A group of devout Christians has created an app that translates the King James Version into emoticons or emojis. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Huh? Now, I'm looking at this going, really? 
I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to be using this very often, all right? <laughs> however, however, and, and, and this goes on, it says, Scripture for Millennials is available on Apple Store, and the creators say that they created the translation program to draw new readers to the Word of God, according to the ChristianHeadlines.com. And I'm sitting here going, whatever it takes! I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with that. I think you still need a strong presence of the Lord, and I'm not sure this does that. But however, if people are drawn to the Lord through this, how many would read this? Don't be embarrassed. Anybody? Nobody? Not one. Claudia would. Yes! It's my rock-solid woman over there who runs our office every week. She'd read it. Like I said, I wouldn't necessarily read this each week. And, and they are flip-flopped if you didn't figure that out, but that's just how I got it. The Bible is God speaking to us in a language that we can understand. Language, then, is arguably one of the most important facets of humanity. According to the dictionary, and, I, and I'm quoting this, the method of human communication is what language is, either spoken or written, consisting of the use of words in a structured and conventional way. Through language, we can tell each other how we feel, right? Whether we're hungry or whether we need something to drink or need sleep. Many of you young people are going, that's me. I need sleep. Please give me sleep. Sam's over there. Hey, if your neighbor falls asleep and they're wearing one of these yellowy-green things, don't pick on them. They were up all night serving the Lord. We can love others with our words, or regretfully, we can also hate others. Words are the building blocks of the human race. The rest of the animals, though able to communicate within their own kind, and to some degree with us, and maybe others, other species, are unable to form language and speech as we do. And I had one example here that, and, and how many are dog lovers? I love dogs. You know, dogs are so awesome. Don't you love how they greet each other? And you know, I was looking at this and I was thinking, dogs are so cool. They come up and they sniff and, you know, their, their uh, olfactory is like, 10,000 times stronger than a human's. They can smell things that we never dreamed of smelling, and sometimes... <laughs> Aren't you glad we don't do what dogs do when they communicate? I'm so thankful that we don't greet each other like that. <clears throat> Do you know that there are those that believe we came from chimpanzees? Uh, there's some similarities there, right? I'll leave it at that. The fact is, for about 300 years, we've been trying to get chimpanzees to speak, and we can't. 
Their vocal cords are incapable of producing those guttural sounds that we're able to speak so fluently. Yes, we can get them to use sign language to some degree through repetition and to ask for food in that with hands, but they cannot speak. Only you and I can do that because only you and I were created in God's image. God chose to speak to man and only man in person. The Bible is the historical record of God's conversations and his interaction with man from the very beginning. It was through language that we were able to get to know God and through his record that he's left us, through the words that he spoke through the prophets, through Moses and others. I'm a big fan of ICR, Institute for Creation Research. I'm going to share a, a few quotes from them this morning. And I like how they put this part. Biblical history takes us through several world-changing but non-repeatable episodes, including creation, including the curse. We've gone through all of this in the earlier part of this uh, series. And, of course, the global flood of Noah's day. By basing our historical thinking on these true events, we have a much better chance of properly reconstructing the past than if we, if we adopt the untrue view of evolution and uniformity. When it comes to human history and national origins, a similarly all-inclusive event happened in the past which must be in our thinking if we are to get it right. And this was the breakup of the languages and the dispersion of families into all parts of the world. What they're saying is if we truly want to understand how man spread all over the globe and how we ended up with so many different languages, we have to have something to tie the flood and this dispersion into it. And I believe that we find that very event in Genesis chapter 10 and 11. Some feel that there is confusion between chapter 10 and 11, as though the two might contradict each other. And I just wanted to say this real quick, and let me show you what I'm talking about first. Ask yourself as I read this, Genesis chapter 10, beginning with verse 1, this is the account of the families of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the three sons of Noah. Many children were born to them after the great flood. So when is this? After the great flood. Keep that in mind, all right? This is one of, of many events that come after God had settled the ark on top of the mountain and he's told the people to go, be fruitful, and multiply. Now, in this next part, and I'm not going to read all these names because I'd probably get half of them wrong anyway, but these are the descendants that follow there through uh, verses 2 through 4. And then in verse 5, that's really what I wanted to focus on. Their descendants became the seafaring peoples that spread out to various lands, each identified by its own language, clan, and national identity. Do you catch that part? And that's my red mark. That's not Jesus talking back in the Old Testament. That's just me. I wanted you to see that. Each tribe or people group was identified by its own language. Well, how can this be when 
the Tower of Babel hasn't even happened yet. And that's what people are saying, hey, the Bible made a mistake, but it really didn't. If you think back with me, when we were studying Genesis chapter 1 and 2, you remember where God made man? And in verse 27 and verse 7 of chapter 2, it's actually a comparison. In, in chapter 1, it describes man being formed, and then in chapter 2, it says the same thing, only it gives a little more detail. God didn't make man twice. He only made us once. But it almost appears as though he did it so twice. But we know that's not the case, all right? The same thing is happening here in chapters 10 and 11. This first part, in fact, let me read this. Clearbibleanswers.org says, This is what it is all about in chapter 10 and 11 of Genesis. Genesis chapter 10 mentions the divisions of nations according to their tongues, and Genesis chapter 11 gives the complete coverage as to how it all happened. So we don't need to get tripped up over this. God knows what he's doing. And the Bible is clear on what God did. Now let's jump into the meat of this. And I wanted to finish this up in chapter 10. I'm going to jump down to the last verse. Verse 32. These are the clans that descended from Noah's sons, arranged by nation according to their lines of descent, all the nations of the earth descended from these clans. When? After the great flood. Again, those are my highlights, not the Bibles. All the nations of the earth descended from these clans after the great flood. So I want to start reading in verse 1. This is going to help us to understand how we ended up like we have. China, Russia, Europe, Africa, etc., at one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. Are you with me? Can the Bible get any clearer? Is there any confusion here? Pretty simple to understand, isn't it? And it makes a whole lot of sense if we just read that and stayed with it. Adam and Eve were the first ones, and then their family was birthed. And then Noah and his family came out of the ark, and all of these people who came after Noah, they were all family. They all spoke the same language. It just makes sense. As the people migrated to the east, verse 2 says, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia, and settled there. Now, Babylon has always been a rough place, an ungodly place, if you will, a place where pagan ideologies, and, and all pagan means simply is man-made, not God-made. But think of it, Babylonia, one of the greatest empires on the planet, came out of Babylon. And the Bible says in the end days, the Antichrist is going to set up shop there once again. Babylon has never been a good place, necessarily. And we believe that that geography is somewhere around the area of none other than Iraq. Okay? They began to say to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire in this region. 
this is in parentheses, in this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, let's, let us build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. In my little footnote here, I just have Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, we see the same thing today. Men wanting everyone to acknowledge their works. Maybe it's music. Maybe it's a rock star. Maybe it's someone that's built a tower and named it after themselves. Whatever. The fact is, we're supposed to be humble. We're supposed to walk in humility. But this group of people, they left that top of that mountain, they began to grow their families, and they began to set up shop in Babylon. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages then they won't be able to understand each other. Now I'm going to say right now, this is a miracle. All right? Say, a miracle. This is not some normal event that you're going to see happen. You don't one day speak German and the next day speak English. It doesn't happen that way. But God, in his infinite power, is able to do pretty much whatever he wants. And after all, he did create us. He has the manual on us, and he knew what switch to flip in order to get people to speak different languages. And I don't understand this 100%, but I believe what the Bible is telling us to be the truth. And it makes a whole lot more sense, and I'll get into this in just a minute, of how evolutionists cannot identify where language came from. They just This is one of the things that really frustrates them. Because it makes no sense. We have no evolutionary process from where man spoke gibberish and then moved into some high language like what we're speaking today. But let's, let's move on here. Why would God do this? Why? What did they do that was so bad? Bad to the bone. Huh? What was it? First, let's go back to Genesis 9-1. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, and he told them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And what were they trying to do here? Stay. Hey, let's, let's hang out together. You know, God might have said, ah, Go out there, you know, go all over the world and plant your families. But, hey, let's just stay together. Let's do this thing together. It'll be okay. So what were they doing? They were contradicting God's command. Do you think God was happy? Apparently not. Because he said, we need to go down there and stop this. We need to confuse them. Otherwise, what, what is there that they can't do if they're all together? Now let me ask you this. In the last few decades, 20, 30 years, do you think... Working together, 
collectively that our knowledge has increased? I would say it has. With the use of the computer, we're able to understand every language on this planet. It can decipher what those other people are saying. I can write something in English and someone in Saudi Arabia who only speaks Arabic or Farsi can understand what it is I'm writing because the computer can translate it. We've never had this ability before. Imagine if this had happened way back then and where the people would have gone by now. And that's what God was saying. Not only, not only was he concerned that they would outgrow themselves, but they were also doing something here. They were building a tower, a ziggurat, something to reach the heavens. What was that? An idol. Thank you. It was a pagan plan. Man-made, not God-made. And God was upset. He knew that if they continued on this path, it would only lead downhill and away from him. And he couldn't have that. So he confused the language of the people. He had to do it. And it was for our sake, folks. Not for God's. It was for our sake. The word Babel, which has a connection to the gateway for God, but in Hebrew, it actually connects to confusion. So the people were put into a state of confusion. Do you think this really happened? See, this is where you and I are really up against it. We have one book that says this happened. Genesis chapter 11. Do you know if you go to the dictionary and you look up Tower of Babel, you know what it's going to tell you? It's a myth. Yeah, it's a myth. I don't believe it is. I believe what God said. I believe that his word is truth, that we can stand on it. We don't have to shrink back from it. For whatever reason, God cha chose to change the languages of each people group and obviously, as we look around this planet, that's what we see yet today. Verse 8, In that way the Lord scattered them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. So his plan worked. The people stopped building that city. That's why the city was called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. And in this way, he scattered them all over the world. So he was accomplishing his goal. Perhaps so that we would have all of these different tribes and people groups on the planet today. China and Russia, America, South America, all of us speaking different languages. So as we look around today, what do we see in reference to these languages? Would you think that perhaps this passage of Scripture explains why everybody has different languages? Do you believe it? I want to quote from a few people that aren't Christian. Anybody ever heard of Richard Dawkins? Yeah. He's kind of the preeminent spokesperson for the atheists, the evolutionary person. And he said this, and this is a direct quote from the ICR website, All the thousands of languages in the world are very complex, 
Some say they are all exactly equally complex, but that sounds too ideologically perfect to be wholly plausible. I don't think so. (laughs) I am biased towards thinking it was gradual, but it is not quite obvious that it had to be. Some people think it began suddenly, more or less invented by a single genius in a particular place at a particular time. I agree. It's probably the first time I've ever agreed with this man. A genius. The master. Did what he did. And as a result, we are left with thousands of very complex languages. And then, Professor Philip Lieberman from the Department of Cognitive and Linguistic Sciences at Brown University, he said this, and by the way, this guy is also not a Christian. He said, For with speech came a capacity for thought that had never existed before, and that has transformed the world. In the beginning was the Word. That's what he said. An atheist. In the beginning was the Word. How did he know? I don't think he planned to say that. All right. In fact, he was noted to say that he did not plan to say that. If only these scientists would listen to themselves and begin to compare what they're saying to what the Bible says. It would make a whole lot more sense than the fact that over millions of years, we've evolved. Yes, brother, sister. Once we were nothing but an amoeba in a little pool of goo. And then we turned into monkeys. And now we speak and look like this. Sure. Sure. Over millions of years. I believe this. In the beginning was the Word. The Word already existed. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. That is truth. That is God's plan. God gave us the ability for speech and language. God gave us our brains that are able to interpret speech patterns and even written symbols and words. These patterns are very complex. And listen, the science community knows it. They cannot explain how every tribe has this complex way to communicate. Every single one. None of them are like in an infant stage, which we should see somewhere if evolution were true. But listen, it's not. God created these languages instantly. I want to talk about that briefly. 
Genesis chapter 1, and let me read 26 and 27, and then we'll fill in the blanks with what's behind me. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like ourselves. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Then we get to verse 28, 29, and I didn't put the whole thing in there, but I just want you to read this as I'm, as I'm repeating Scripture. Then God blessed them and said, who's he saying this to? Which man? Maybe his spouse, wouldn't you think? Adam and Eve. Well, wait a minute. He just created them. How do they know what God's saying? Did they have to learn it? When they were like my size, because obviously they were adult when he made them, were they going... No. No. They were able to speak just like you and I do right now. Can God do that? Obviously. He did. And that's what we see here. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Again, it can't get any clearer than this. So if God did this once, could he do it again in chapter 11? Only change up a few things so that it's not the same? I would believe he could. He says it again in verse 29, Then God said, Look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth, all the fruit trees for your food. Again, he's speaking to them. They're understanding him. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Hallelujah. And then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. Evening passed. Morning came, marking the sixth day. God gave us our language. In the beginning, we all spoke the same language. We were able to communicate with God openly, freely. And then because of their sin, because they were in disobedience, because they were in rebellion, God changed up the different languages so they could no longer communicate with each other. Now, that would have been an amazing day. One minute you're talking English, the next French or whatever. Whoa, what happened? and you wouldn't be able to understand the person right next to you. It had to have blown their minds. I'm guessing, I'm just thinking outside right now, outside of Scripture. I'm just thinking, if that happened to you, would you begin to think, maybe we need to move? Because I think that's what got us in trouble in the first place, is that we were trying to stay, and God said, go and fill the earth. And they finally figured it out. Just saying. Man didn't have to learn that language like a baby does. And it did not evolve. He already knew what God was saying right from the start. 
And the beauty is, we still know what God's saying. God still speaks to his people, just like he did back then. Would you stand to your feet? I don't believe language evolved. In fact, most evolutionary people don't believe that language evolved because they can't find anywhere that it did. It makes perfect sense what God said he did in chapter 11. It may not make sense to you or me, but it makes sense as to how we see our world today. Hundreds of different languages. And yet, there's not one tribe that doesn't have a language. And none of the languages are simple. They're all very complex. It's my firm belief that the Bible can be trusted. I hope you believe that too. It's God's spoken word and it's been around from the very beginning. I don't know what language God spoke to the people in the beginning. I don't know what Adam and Eve spoke or Noah's family, but I know what we have today, and it works pretty well. And it's very complex. And we have this good book that's been translated into almost every language. Every tribe can read God's Word as men and women strive to make it so. That's one of the last events that's going to happen before Jesus returns, is that everyone hears the gospel. Everyone. Would you bow your heads with me? It's my firm belief the Bible can be trusted It's God's spoken word, and it's been around since the very beginning of time. There's no other theory or book or religion that comes close to describing how man came to be and then lines up accurately with what we see around us. Evolution can't describe it. It has no theory that makes any sense. Now, there are still certain things, there are still areas in the Bible that we don't have an answer for, and that's okay. God's much bigger than we are. His mind is not finite. His is infinite. But he knows what he's doing. And though there are gaps, I believe they're minimal. I believe the Bible can be trusted in its entirety. Some have said, well, man wrote that book. And I believe man did write that book, but they wrote it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And I might add to that, and I I just heard this. Yes, you might say man wrote the Bible, but who wrote the science books? So you can believe those, hook, line, and sinker but you can't believe the Bible. Kind of a dual standard, isn't it? In the end, you have to decide what you're going to believe. Will you listen to God's version 
or what the Bible has recorded to be God's version? Will you listen to the theories of evolution that describes man as an animal who miraculously developed over millions of years? Or will you believe that God created man in an instant, out of the ground, gave him a brain to think and a language to speak right from the beginning? Which one is easier to believe? I believe it's the Bible. But in the end, folks, my last slide, God gave us free will. Every person has the ability to choose. Because God didn't want a bunch of robots coming to him and saying, Oh, God, I love you. Thank you for making me love you. No. He wants us to come to him and say, Oh, God, I love you. Because I really do love you. I love you for what you've blessed me with. I love you for saving me from a life of sin. I love you for giving me my family, my church family, for giving me a hope and a future. I thank you for the thought that everlasting life is just over the horizon. And once there, there are going to be no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. It's just going to be awesome. <laughs> Lord, thank you. That's what God wants. He wants a relationship with you just as he had with the first couple. He wants to be intimate with you and he will speak to you in a language that you know if only you'll invite him to do so. So every head bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today and you say, Brother, I love Jesus. I am sold out to him. I believe everything that I've heard this morning or at least most of it. And I'm serving Jesus today. If that's you, would you lift your hand up so I can see it? Yep, hands going up all over. All right. Well, I don't know if you guys are just too sleepy, too lazy, or if half of you don't agree with this. So again, every head bowed, because I don't want anybody peeking at their neighbors. If you're here today and you say, you know, I struggle with this, Pastor Norm. I really do. I, I want to believe it, but I've been taught all this other stuff from science and all these other things, and, and I just really have a hard time with this. If you don't mind, would you, without anybody looking, just me, I, I'm just trying to see who's going to raise their hand, but if that's you, would you lift your hand up? You're struggling with this. Yep, yep. Anybody else? You can put them down. Thanks. Three or four hands went up. And maybe you're here today and you just say, you know what, Pastor? I need Jesus. I've been in here this morning. I knew I needed Jesus when I first came in here. I just need somebody to pray that, pray with me that God would just begin to move in my life. I want to know him better. If that's you, would you lift your hand up, please? Yep, hands going up all over the room. Thank you. You can put them back down. I want to pray with everybody that just raised their hand. And I would ask our saints that are in this room to join me. And then we're, we're going to close. Pray this loud enough so your own ears can hear your voice if you raised your hand for either one of these things. Pray this with me. Dear Lord, I've heard what the world has said about our origin, 
and I've, I've read the Bible. I know what you said happened. And Lord, if I'm one of those that struggle with this, I pray you'd get a hold of my heart today. Increase my faith. And as I study this thing out, help me to see the truth. Even if I've been taught this over my whole lifetime, that evolution is true, I want to believe the Bible. Help me with that today, Lord. Scripture says the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. And I pray that for myself right now. In the name of Jesus. Now I want to pray for those who need Jesus. You just want to get to know him more intimately. And I believe he wants to get to know you more and more intimately. Pray this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I look to him today as my Savior. According to the Bible, I can't go to heaven without accepting, without believing what Jesus did for me. So today, June the 5th, 2016, I'm placing my trust in Jesus. I want to know you more, God. I want to be intimate with you. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new person today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't have any notes for the Common Ground groups tonight. I know this is your last group before, this is the last group for, as we enter summer. We're going to take summer off. We'll begin this again in the fall, in September. So just enjoy each other's company. Bust the Bible out, chapter 10 and 11. Uh, in Genesis, you've got everything there. Talk about this. Love each other. Pray for each other. Just believe God. He gave us the foundation to stand on. And I, did, I just thought about this. Last Sunday really was the foundation as we talked about building on the rock or building in the sand. This is our rock. So trust God. Let him move in your life. And then tell others what he's done. Father, bless this people in the name of Jesus. Show favor upon them, Lord. I pray that as they've invested in your kingdom, you'd multiply it back to them 30, 60, even 100 times over. Introduce them to some new people today, Lord. Help us to see those that really need a big God bless you hug. And Lord, I pray that our, our witness wouldn't be silent, but rather we would let people know what you've done for us sharing our testimony. In Christ we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus. We love you. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, 
you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.